Hey brokers, it's Mark Summers, president of AIM. I'm excited to announce that I will be the new host of AIM's podcast, Broker to Broker. If you haven't listened yet, Broker to Broker dives into the nitty gritty of the mortgage business by interviewing independent brokers and loan originators, just like me. Download today, available on Spotify, Apple Music, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Welcome back, everyone, to another another exciting, uh, going to be exciting episode of the Broker to Broker podcast. My name is Mark Summers. I'm the president of AIM. Uh, you know, I, as always, every time I do one of these, I, I, I'm really excited about it because I get to do a, you know, like a, a, a pre-interview uh, discovery call. And this one, I, I'm telling you, I'm excited about, really looking forward to it. Uh, so today I will be interviewing the broker owner of Clear Mortgage, Adriana Bates. Adriana, thanks for joining us today. Hey, the honor's all mine. I appreciate it, Mark. Yeah. So also something that I'm a little bit excited about is obviously we're going to talk the, the main part of this whole conversation is because Adriana, you know, I, I think you probably have some of the best system and processes out there, or at least that fits your business model. But also what we're going to do is we're going to try something new today where Adriana was uh, gracious enough to post something in social media saying, hey, what do you want me to talk about today? So we've had a we've had a few members uh, throw out some questions, which we will incorporate into this. So we want to make this a community podcast as much as possible. And, you know, who else better to answer these questions than Adriana? So, Adriana, listen, I already said it. Your 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 processes and systems. Uh, you know what? This is going to be all about you today. Okay. Hey. This is going to be all about you. You got to tell us your processes, your systems. I think you said you have it broken up into three categories, correct? I do. If you want to take it from the macro level, but first and foremost, Mark, thank you so much for giving me the seat. I know that's very difficult for you men to just like relinquish control. So I appreciate it. I will take over this. And for Wade, Jennifer, and Lydia, thanks for incorporating some questions. I think it's awesome to kind of get some community feedback. We will address it kind of at the end, right, Mark? Like, let's. Yeah. Let's- but after the systems are discussed because they apply very, very clearly. And it, it would just be me repeating myself. Unfortunately, since we are involving the community, I don't get to talk about myself and like my big intro. So tune in for another All About Adriana podcast, right? I'm setting myself up for a repeat. That'll be part two. All about you. Awesome. So let's just jump right into it. So the mortgage business, while uber complex, is actually super simple, right? It's it, What is that word? It's simple, but not easy. If it were easy, We'd all be making gobs of money, buying islands somewhere, and just retiring and drinking a bunch of booze. So let's break it down from the macro level, right? So when you look at the mortgage business, I think better when I can break things down into more tangible pieces. So first and foremost, the first system, which you can call prospecting, direct-to-consumer, direct-to-referral partners, is how do you bring in the business, all right? So we call our first system driving in the business. So it's broken out in two forms. I'll go into more detail later. The second system is what do you do when you get that business in the door? Okay, so basically loans and process system. And third, and most arguably the most important, in my opinion, is what happens after closing, your post-closing system. So to recap, from the macro mortgage business, how do you get business in the door? What do you do with business when it's in the door? And then what do you do after you've closed that transaction? Because as much as we want to say that we are not transaction-based, all of everybody's lying right now. We're doing so much business. We are transactional based. If you don't have a system that can function without you to address market, to answer questions for your clients after that transaction is over. All right. So do you want to just start from the beginning? Like what's Yeah. This? Yeah. Because, you know, just to kind of lead in it's you know, I get these calls quite a bit asking how I, how my business is ran. And so, 
you know, I, I just love hearing everyone's perspective on, on all this and their systems because I, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm probably going to steal some of it. So I'm, I'm excited. Go ahead. Do start out with the, with the drive-in, as you say. You steal away. And I have even better. I have handouts. Like these systems are all written out. So they're basically like visual checklist for both internally and then externally with your loan officers as well. Okay. So clear mortgage in general, I think most broker owners start out as producers. So they do have that sales mentality already, but I view my loan officers as basically sales staff for clear mortgage. So there are some things that we do internally as clear mortgage with the marketing team. And then there are responsibilities that loan officers have to do on their own to be building their brand and building clear mortgages brand within their referral partners. Okay. So let's start with loan officers, right? We have a very structured system within our company Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, my sales staff knows what they're supposed to be doing. And I have KPIs or metrics to track that. Now, a lot of people are like, oh my God, Adriana has control issues. That is not why I have those KPIs, okay? Instead of being reactive as a broker owner, it drives me crazy when I don't know when I need to hire in my ops staff, right? Isn't that like the number one fear for us? Either we overhire upfront or then underhire and we have these freaking panics and then we've got these diva ass loan officers running around with their hair on fire because we don't have the support staff to support them, right? So what we've done is built out KPIs to know when we reach certain sales activities, we then know we have to hire a new support staff. Does that make sense? Yeah, makes so sense. that I micromanage or manage to their goals, whatever you want to tell them, these sales people, these loan officers is because I need to know as a broker owner when I have to build support behind them. Okay. If somebody's not doing their activities, I'm not hiring for them. Let's be honest. Right. So it's that kind of like cart before the horse, chicken before the egg, whatever analogy you want to work with. The only way that I feel comfortable knowing when to hire is when I see sales activities behind that. Okay. So let's start with our sales system up front. Monday, we call our pre-approved and lookings. Tuesday, we do our Tuesday updates. Wednesday, we call our past clients. Thursday, we go ahead and we do our like prospecting for new agents. And then Fridays is when you go on golfings, happy hours, out of the office. And if you're an overachiever, you make new, like more calls, you know? So I will pull that schedule out. That is not something that I invented. I've been coaching for my entire mortgage career. We put that all together, but I manage those sales activities for my loan officers. Okay. We do that through Salesforce. The KPIs that we use are hellos. Okay. So we can totally go on an off topic, like what the object is, how we track these KPIs of flows. I know when these loan officers are doing their sales activities outside of what Clear Mortgage is doing for marketing. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So when you're looking at driving in the business, okay, sales activities will start from doing all their calls that they're supposed to be making, okay? Those things that we do Monday through Friday. Once they go on a meeting with one of the referral partners, we have an internal system of what they're supposed to do as far as the follow-up. So once you go on the meeting, day one, you send a text, day two, you send a handwritten note, day three, this is the email you sent. And then day every week thereafter until they start sending you business, you have to do some sort of follow-up. Okay, so all of this is built out, yes, but it's only as good as someone that's doing the activity, okay? So that's basically the driving the business. We have what our loan officers are supposed to be doing and then the follow-up system for referral partners. Now there's follow-up systems for real estate agents, follow-up systems for CPAs, follow-up systems for divorce attorneys, follow-up systems for bank turndowns. Like these are all people that we are networking with and building our sphere to generate the business, okay? Clear Mortgage as a company also has its own direct-to-consumer, if you will, marketing, okay? 
These are our monthly items those of value. Those are both stale mailed and emailed. Then we do all of our social media, like what days we're doing TikTok, what days we're doing Instagram, what days we're doing Facebook. And then also I doubt ads guys, I am, they're not for me. They just take up a lot of bandwidth. So we used to pump a lot of money into ads. We now pump a lot of money just into more um, like basically general visibility. Does that make sense? So if we're putting money into anything, social media, it's just to build our brand. So we'll do things like co-marketing giveaways on social, on uh, Instagram to gain more followers. We'll do things like um, live Facebook videos on basically the like just tips and tricks that our real real estate partners share. If we're if you're asking if I spend money on leads, I do not. Um, I found it just really exhausting, and I had to build a whole nother system to then harvest those leads. And when I looked at the like the ROI on them, it just wasn't worth it for me to build that system and to hire on all that stuff. Okay. So does that kind of, I know I'm speaking really fast and I know I'm like really animated about it, but from the macro level, when you're driving in the business, you need to have a system for your sales staff. Then you need to have a system for your marketing team. Okay. Both systems have to be tracked. If you don't have your numbers, if you don't have your results, then you don't know where to spend the majority of your time. Cause let's face it. Our biggest commodity as broker owners is our time. Where do we spend it to get the most ROI? So I meet with my loan officers once a week on a one-to-one and it's a strict 15 minutes. I've got to bang it out. I look at their KPIs. I look at what they've done for the week. If they have questions on conversion, like when you're looking at numbers, you can see where someone's struggling, right? For example, if I have an LO that's going out and they have a meeting a day with a real estate agent and then they've been following up for seven weeks straight, but they have zero new referral partners, there's obviously something really annoying or really impersonal with their follow-up, right? Because every loan officer comes out of these meetings being like, oh, nailed it. Like that was the best meeting ever. They love me. I'm about to get business. You know, it's like, unless they actually walk away from the meeting with a, with a referral right then, I don't typically believe them because salespeople by nature think every meeting was the best thing ever. <laughs> I mean, right? Like I think the same thing. I'm like, everybody loves me. But anyways, so... Any questions on that? <laughs> I yeah, know it was so, a lot. Well, I, I know I, I love the fact that uh, you know you 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 spoke about uh, possible referral partners. Um, mm-hmm. Why don't you pick one? I know you said real estate agents, uh, financial planners, tax advisors. Mm-hmm. Uh, Can we talk about whoever- my favorite? Because it's COVID. Like since COVID, it's just literally tripled our business. Is divorce attorneys. Divorce attorneys have been one of my favorite outside of real estate agent referral partners that I've had. Just because, guys, it's transactional. Like. Their clients that they send you are so exhausted with all the emotional bullshit that they're going through with their divorce that they're like, listen, I got to get this done. I got to get it done fast. And I don't really care about shopping that $4.95 processing fee or that uh, why is your recording fee higher than like the other lender? It, none of that. And you get a twofer. Usually when you're cashing out refinancing and paying off one spouse, that spouse is you to go buy their new house. So I like divorce attorneys right now. So one of our follow-up plan, like what we do for follow-up after yeah. we have the meeting, Listen, the first thing that you guys are going to realize, you're like, all right, Adriana said to call on divorce attorneys. You're not going to get that meeting. Like their gatekeepers are the best gatekeepers ever. Like they're like, wait, what are you trying to solicit for? So you have to go and meet them face to face. You have to figure out. So what I did was in Kansas City where I'm at when um, attorneys pass the bar, they do this like get together happy hour where the bar at the bar, like they celebrate passing the bar and like all the like alumni attorneys, welcome in the newbies, blah, blah, blah. So I sponsor that. I'll pay for a round of drinks or I'll get, and then a lot of the 
alumni attorneys talk about the benefit of working with Clear Mortgage to the newbies. So then it's something that's elaborated on. They talk about it. I don't have to tell people how awesome I am. Like everyone else does it. So it's the best <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, so so you get them, uh, and you you call on them. You 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 uh, you know you sponsor something I for them. I try to call on them. What's yeah, yeah you don't call them, them really, but you you contact them. Let's just say that. What's your yeah. follow up with them afterwards? Hey, you've got to do something once a week, whether that's a Facebook. Like they're real people too, so you can Facebook message them. I like our systems are so down pat. After I leave any meeting, or I get a roster from that bar at the bar. Immediately, that whole roster goes to my marketing assistant or my executive assistant, whichever one has less on the plate at the moment. And they are friend requesting them on Facebook, on Insta, everywhere, on TikTok. But I don't know if you really do that. They just basically start following them if an attorney has TikTok, which they really don't, most of them. So we're just getting our name out there, showing that we do have that follow-up, that we are actually interested in them. you know. And then from there, once per week, we are either text messaging Facebook messaging or calling. Don't call them every week. I know there's some coaching programs that says like call them every week. No, they'll freaking think you are like bored or you need a hobby or you need something else to do. So change up how you're reaching out one time per week. But if you don't stay top of mind and remind them that you are there as a resource, they're just going to go back to their normal habits, which is, hey, you have to refi, call somebody. Who do you? And then most of the time they say, who do you currently have your mortgage with? Call them and get that, get your spouse off and then make they're not actively thinking to refer. Attorneys just aren't wired that way. You right. know, this is the thing. If I can explain my value, which is we can get it done fast, which most clients want it done fast. And then number two, we can really walk them through the process. You know, that we have investors out there that don't require the divorce to be final or the division of assets just has to be signed off on. That's a big value proposition to them because most lenders will require the divorce to be final, then they have to go out and refinance. So if you can find one tip or trick that you're better at versus someone else, that's another value prop. Any way that you can get this done faster for them, you need to talk about it. And then the items of value are, you know, talk about stuff that we are supposed to talk about, like, hey, leveraging your, your home is one of the biggest assets that you ever invest in. So they can pass those resources on to their clients. Does that make sense? No, it makes it makes perfect sense. No, I absolutely love it. I actually one of my referral partners is a divorce attorney. He's a good friend of mine. You know what I mean? But yeah, I mean it's it's some sometimes hey, the easiest ones. I have to give one piece of advice though, because all y'all are gonna go run out looking for divorce attorneys. Do not post on your Facebook, hey, need a great divorce attorney looking for one. All your friends are gonna call you and be like, what's wrong? And then they call your husband or your spouse or your wife and be like, oh my God, you're like, what's going on with you guys? So don't do it that way. You can put it like, hey, asking for a friend, but they're still going to be like, what's going on with your marriage? But if that doesn't bother you, don't worry about it. That's Go hilarious. Ahead get some like spark ups and some calls from friends that you haven't heard from for a long time. <laughs> that's awesome. That's a, that's a good piece of advice right there. That's how the rumor mills start to fly. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. So... So that's basically, as you call your prospecting side of things, to get business in the door. Um, anything you want to add or do you want to move on to that that middle part, which is the loan process itself? Correct. What happens every, every piece. So I, I think a lot of people don't, to add back about driving the business, we are a little bit squirrely by nature. Most broker owners, most salespeople are a little bit squirrely. Like we're like, what bright, shiny object is in front of us, right? If we don't have a plan schedule for what we're doing every day and what time of day, basically, like you have to severely time block your day to get this done with our, you know, we jump around a lot. So 
Having something organized to see visually when you pull up a contact in your CRM and know how many times you followed up, what did you talk about the last time that you talked to them? You have to track all of that because we can't keep all of that in our brain as much as we would like to say, yes, we can remember. No, we can't. And if something isn't reminding you that, hey, divorce attorney that you met with four weeks ago, you had a great conversation last week. They said that they had two referrals that they need to be sending over. If I follow up the following week, it makes me look like I'm freaking on my shit. You know what I mean? Like I am on the ball. I know what we talked about. I'm following up with you, but I couldn't remember that. You know, so make sure that you're taking notes and make sure your salespeople are taking very articulate and clear notes as they are making their calls. That's one piece of advice. Yeah, no, I did. I actually did a, a little, not a, what was it, a, a video about just write everything down as much as you can. I mean, it's it's only going to help you in the long not run. Not on a piece of paper. Well, no, you know what I mean. Paper. Record everything. I know. Hey, yeah. but I write, no, I write it out like, I like paper. I like my little remarkable. If you don't have a remarkable, look it up. It's awesome. It truly is remarkable. Those, those things are cool. Yeah. So it like, if you're not logging it somewhere where you can pull it up and access it whenever you're making your calls, that's why if you don't have a CRM, you need to go listen to whatever podcast you guys, what episode is that? I don't know. You can plug in later in the show notes, but there's gotta be some episode about the importance of having a CRM. So, and that only, and for your sales staff as well, bite the bullet, pay for the extra seat. They're going to make you money anyways, if you give them better tools. But for, for a sales manager or broker owner, you have to see the activities that are going on because then you know where to spend your time and you know where to spend your money. Because if you talk to your LOs without looking at data, every single one of them is going to tell you how many meetings they have, how many apps they have coming down the pipe, how many, you know, how many loans they're going to be bringing in next week. So then if you believed all of that without looking at something to back it up, you would be hiring off staff. Nonstop. Right. If you really, if you believe what LO said. <laughs> it's amazing. All right. Why don't you hop into the, okay, I, I'm, I'm, okay. I'm bringing in a client. What's get, give, give me this one right here, because this is where so I feel the, a lot of people miss out on or, or don't correct, have a great process. In place. Because let's, I mean, when we analyzed our business before we nailed down these systems, before they were on pat, do you know where the biggest place that we were losing our clients was? I bet you everyone kind of struggles with this. Where? When you have, because I could bring in the clients and through the door all day. Like I could get people to come use me and get me in. I could sell all these real estate agents. We lost them after they applied until they found a house or after they applied and they were crunching numbers about a refi. Okay. So we lost them in that pre-approved and looking stage or, Hey, I've received my numbers for a refi. Am I moving forward stage? Because let's be honest, we're killers by nature. Like we're always hunting. So I was on to the next deal, on to the next deal, on to the next deal. I almost felt like I won once they applied. I was like, oh, I got them. You know, if we, especially in these type of markets where the way that they are now, our inventory is just a little like everyone else. You know, I'm, I'm, I know I'm a broken record on that, but sometimes our pre-approved and lookings, our pals are out shopping for three months. If you don't have a very specific system internally to stay, keep them engaged, to keep them talking to you, to have them access your mortgage calculator, to run payment scenarios, whatever it is, you are going to lose them once they go under contract because then they forgot about you already. They heard their neighbor down the street that said, oh, I got this such and such rate from such and such online banker. And then they're, they're gone. So we had to, once we had our client in the door, which is a true referral, we had to break this down so micro. And I could honestly spend a whole podcast just on this system alone of how many times do we follow up to get them to apply? Because remember, referral doesn't mean that they're already to our online POS to go ahead and 
you know, put in their information. A referral is strictly that name, phone number, email address, and what they want to do, whether that's purchase or refi. So there has to be systems surrounding that of, okay, we text, email, and call one time per day until they actually apply. I know that seems intense, but if they, if we do that three times and they don't respond, then we go back to the referral partner and say, Hey, I don't think they're ready yet. Send them back to us when they are. Okay. Then we put it back. If I followed up three times, like call, text, email, that's a lot. That's nine points of contact that they haven't responded to. They're not ready. Send them back. Then tell them to come send them back when they're ready. <laughs> I know it's crazy, but I don't want, I want to know that my job is done or my, my team's job is done. Hey, they're back in your court. So once, so you're basically, we have a like call, like a touch system until they actually apply. Once they apply, we're, we have a touch system to that. So our business ebbs and flows. Sometimes we're super busy. Like on Mondays, I would love to say that we're all working weekends. We don't always work weekends. So we might have 25 apps. Like today, we have a ton of apps that are sitting on our desk that have to be worked at. So basically what we do is set the expectation with every single one of these clients to say, hey, received your application. Thank you so much for applying with Clear Mortgage. We'll have a we'll have a phone call to you and a result of your application by X time. So we just set those expectations. So we have basically a touch point for every single piece of the loan process. Does that make sense? So before they apply, we touch them until they apply. Once they apply, we touch them until we have either a decision to make. Either they're pre-approved and looking or they have their numbers for the refinance. Once they have their numbers for a refinance, then we have another touch system to say, okay, how many times are we reaching out to them? Say, hey, you moving or you are like shit or get off the pot. What are you doing here? You know what I mean? So rates are moving every day. Do you want to do this or do you not? Then we have a touch system for that. All right. And then I had even had to map it out because remember, this isn't me doing everything. And I know a lot of the questions that we received on social media were about who does what. So since it's not me, I have to make it so elementary where it might be second nature for you and me, Mark, it's not second nature for our employees. So you have to break it down into these baby steps so they can go ahead and check the box to know that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing each part of the system. Okay. So then we have a system for refi refis. Um, when they have the numbers, if they're making a decision, we have a system for purchases when they actually are pre-approved and looking, when we send them a letter, when we let the referral partner or the real estate agent know what they're doing and then our touch system for follow-up for that. Okay. And that really is, I don't know if you remember me talking about my loan officers. They have certain on Mondays, they always check in with their pre-approved and lookings to see how the weekend went. Okay. So that's another point of con- whether it's a text, whether it's an email, hey, did you find any houses out there? Right now, we kind of dread those days because buyers are a little bit frustrated. Yeah, we put in four or five offers, none of them got accepted. So then I'll challenge my LOs to be like, okay, are you helping them? Are you recording those videos to go to the listing agents to say how awesome your client is, that they've gotten all their documentation and that underwriting's already reviewed it and we're just gonna basically wait for a contract and appraisal? Are you doing those things to help them? Because no one likes to hear frustrated clients, whether it's in our control or out of our control. It makes us feel not good, you know? Okay, so see, you gotta keep me on pay, on track. Boy, you press me, you're doing it. Okay, so when, when they're pre-approved and looking and when they're pending decisions. So once they said, yes, let's go. So yes, let's go is either, yes, I wanna move forward with the refinance or, hey, I'm under contract, here's my contract. You know, usually we hear from the real estate agent that they're under contract. There's a very set process of what happens at that point, because that's our goal point. And our goal point, our end game is 21 days. Whether our contract is 30 days, 45 days, 60 days, I don't care. If we don't have a clear to close 21 days, we have failed as a company, all right? We push really hard. We're go, go, go in the beginning so that we can cruise on the end and keep asking. Because remember, 
If I have a 60 day contract and I'm clear to close 21 days, guess what? Every single one of those weeks when I'm checking with that agent, all I'm doing is asking for referrals. I'm like, oh, we're just waiting for that closing table. Any other buyers I can help you with? Even to the listing agent. And listing agents are like, Adriana, you are like intense and a little bit crazy, but yes, I would love for it to work with you. Like if I have no update other than, yes, we're still waiting to get to the closing table, send me your clients. That's awesome. Okay. And when we function to a 21 day close, it keeps my metrics. Like I never want to change the metrics in my CRM to see, okay. So basically we have metrics to know when we have a fire or when we have a problem. If I have a loan in a certain milestone for too long, let's say it's unconditionally approved for more than our three days that we set out as an expectation, I know I have a fire. Something's taking too long, either whether it's the client, whether it's the agent. And I know that my ops manager can stay on that file. It's on the red list, basically. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. And it's in process. We have a very specific system with very clear expectations of when that file should move to the next milestone. So it allows us to manage it properly. Now, it's not me that's managing it. It's my ops manager. But I've set very clear expectations of the KPIs or the metrics that I'm looking for to know that we are on pace. So for example, if we want to close 150 loans in a month, I know that we have to move X amount, 25 loans into submitted into underwriting per day or whatever that number is. So I'm looking for that goal number and I know when we're not hitting it. Does that make sense? Yep, sure does. Our internal system, again, could be another podcast for our loans in process, whether it's refi or purchase, and it could all be broken out on, hey, this happens on this step, this happens on this step. Now, one of the biggest things that I can talk about this system are the key milestone updates, okay? Clients, the best thing that I did for our company is to talk to my staff about how would you like to be communicated as a client if you were going through this process yourself, okay? Pretend you know nothing about You want your house and you hate to freaking get your mortgage, right? That's what everyone, everyone wants a house. No one wants the mortgage. So how do we make this process as painless as possible? The biggest thing for me is one point of contact. I know everyone's going to tell me, no, I can smoothly transition and introduce this other person so that they're not confused. They're freaking confused. They don't know who they contact for which piece. They don't because you know why? The real estate agent also has a transaction coordinator, also has introduced the title person. There are so many hands in the pot, like hands in the pot outside of us that it's not just about us. There are six other people that they're talking to, including insurance and including the assistant for the insurance person that you referred to. So as streamlined as I can make us, the better. And that's my loan partner, which people have asked about LOA, loan partner. That's the point of contact. So my processors can churn out loans. I've had comments be like, how did your processor do 50 loans a month? It's because they're not chasing conditions. All right. When a loan comes out of conditionally, it comes out conditionally approved. They're breaking it out. Loan partner, you're getting these five things. I'm handling these two things. Go. If it sits in there for more than three days, we have a problem. That's how we function. Like it's it's very much a personal touch to a hamburger conveyor belt. Roy, what's his name? Roy Kroc. What's the McDonald's that that? What's that movie that I'm talking about? You yeah, know what I'm talking uh, about. Yeah, it's the McDonald's movie. It's called. Um... Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I can't remember the name of it, but. Watch that movie, that assembly line, or read. Um, there's also a book on this, and I'm blanking on it. It's a blue book. It's like E Systems or the E Myth. The E Myth is also really, really, really awesome. How can you create a system or a manual where someone that has no mortgage experience can sit their butt in the seat and know exactly what they're supposed to be doing to be successful at that position? That's how dumbed down I had to make our systems and processes. Does that make sense? 
No, it, make, it makes perfect sense. Obviously, there was uh, <laughs> that's a ton of work to put in. I mean, how long did it take you to to develop this? My entire career. So what? I got in in 2010. Oh, we don't know because we're talking about social media, so we don't get my intro. So I got in in 2010. Oh, years. <laughs> we'll talk about you. No. Um, okay. So, all right. Give me. Um, let me see here. So, so you say that you you have a lone partner that you guys mm-hmm. kind of divide things up, but you're still the point of contact. Is that what you're saying? No. So my goal. Okay. My goal is for me to never talk to anybody. And I know a lot of people are, but to be a true visionary and a business owner, you have to figure out a way to scale at a place where it's not dependent on you. And let's be honest, we all want end games, right? Whether your end game is to produce and to, to hustle until you don't want to hustle anymore and then do something else, you know, or save enough money and stuff. Wait, maybe your end game is to sell your company. If your end game is to sell your company, then this company has to have a valuation without depending on you as the driver. So the reason that I built a lot of these sales systems is so I could actually hire loan officers to do exactly what I do, which I think makes me great to my referral partners and build it in as a system so they can basically check the box and know they're doing what they're doing. Is it going to be as effective? I don't, maybe not. I would like to say that I am a little bit amazing. Like there's something about me that makes me different, but I would actually, as a business owner, hope so that I can scale it where if they check the boxes, if they put the personal touch with the technology, they'll be just successful as I am. Love it. Absolutely love it. Okay. So you have okay. lots of systems, lots of data uh, that that's running yes. through that, that allows you to make the, the, the best decisions. Um, so you, so you, you had the drive in, you have the process that you 21 days or less, and you're using that 21 days or less as a, as another driving sales source for you. So now we close. Okay. We, we yep. close. Everyone's happy. What's your one piece? Right? Go ahead. Yeah. Both closing is the best, but one piece for that. Sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, Mark. I apologize. Okay. The one piece that you have to have to have to hit. If there's one metric that you have to hit in your loans and process system, for me to have a happy client is 48 hours before closing. You have to send them their final CD with the video, walking them through the numbers, use screencast-o-matic, use loop and whatever you want to use with the video as if you were sitting right next to them with your pretty little face, talking about how awesome this process is. Look at this bottom line, lower than what I predicted. Focus on all the key points, okay? 48 hours before closing. If they reach out to you for their final number because they want to go get their check, you've lost you've lost. Like you have to be so proactive. That is your one metric in my advice that you need to hit. You have to hit that. So whether that's you riding those title companies, because we all know they're getting lazy right now. They're scrambling to, you know, two day, you know, two hours before closing to balance, ride them, like make sure that they are balancing 48 hours beforehand. You will never ever get a one-star review for over-communicating. You never will. You will get a one-star review for under-communicating. Right. It, it, it actually, so that's blows- our one. It actually, it actually blows my mind. Like I've heard stories from other people that they went to closing and didn't know like what the, you know, no, like what number. And it, it actually blows my mind. I know that's trivial, but it's yes. easy. It, it's make that your metric and do the video. Take the two minutes that it takes for you to walk through a CD. Make a joke about how you wish the principal and interest payment was a monthly payment. Oh, sorry. You've got escrows right here. This is your actual monthly payment. And then circle back to be like, Hey, when we first talked about this, you wanted your monthly payment to be under $2,300. Guess what, girlfriend, 2150. Boom. Like make like, you know what I mean? Like circle back to your initial conversations that you had with them and then tell them how awesome you are without saying how awesome you are. Right. This is when you have that conversation, you call, you make sure that they got that email, make sure that they watch the video. 
And then you ask them right then and there before they get to the closing table, hey, the only way that I can battle with these big banks, these quickens, these local banks, Bank of America's is by your reviews on Google. Can you do me a favor? I'm going to send you a link right now. One thing I need from you, send me a positive review. Did you have a good re- did you have a good experience? And then I send them, that's part of our system, okay? We never do it after closing. If you do it after closing, they don't care about you anymore. They don't need you anymore. The money's already there. They're already in the house. They're worried about like wallpapers and how much furniture costs and all that other BS. So before they close, you ask them for that review. That's part of a big part of our system. I go ape shit if I've realized that someone has gotten their figures and hasn't been asked for that review. I get really pissed about it. Which fair enough. I'm that's one. <laughs> so now that they've closed, okay. People ask me all the time, are you doing the closing gifts? Okay. One thing that we are doing is the bottle of wine. And I know you have to be careful. So try to have those conversations to figure out if they're sober or not, or whatever. If they're sober, then figure out something else to send them. Maybe it's coffee, whatever it is. I try to keep things as simple and as duplicatable as possible. And a lot of my agents close at the same title company. So we can deliver cases of that wine that's branded. So they know when it's a clear mortgage closing, I'm not going to these guys. If you're going to your closings, you're not thinking about big scale because there's no way in hell when you're closing 25 loans a day that you're going to be able to go to all of those closings. So you better drop off your cases of wine with your brand, with your tag, with your congratulations, with the little thing. Hey, please take a picture and post on social media, whatever it is. Deliver them at the title company. So you have a box of them and the closer knows, hey, grab one of Clear Mortgage's wines because it's a Clear Mortgage closing. You might have to remind them, which just blows my mind how title companies aren't just kissing our asses right now. But <laughs> it's true. We're right. sending them so much goddamn right. business. Like, when will this like role reversal happen? And I've never, I remember I got it in 2010. So I didn't know about it when title companies love lenders. I'm seeing it now though. If I'm sending them 50 refis a month, how am I not getting a little up? You know what I mean? Like, can you please just make sure you bring one bottle of wine people you already have in your office? Like, that's not that hard. Anyways, I digress. No, that's, that's okay. So I, we're, we're in post-closing now, obviously. Yes. Do a bottle of wine. I know there's more to it. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, there's so much more to it. Okay. So post-closing, the next point of contact, they don't want to hear from you anymore, guys. Remember, everyone wants the house. No one wants the mortgage. So after they've closed, give them like a little bit of a breather here. Like don't, don't ask them for a referral the next week. The next point of contact in all of our CRMs is their first payment due, a reminder. Okay. So when their first payment is due, that is a key point to call them and say, hey, have you gotten your servicing paperwork to know where to make your payment? Do you know where to make your payment? How annoyed would you be if you closed in the house and you didn't know where to send your payment? And I know, I know you're like, well, you sign these documents and you, you know, there's a first payment coupon in there. No one freaking keeps that first payment coupon. No one actually, maybe you guys come from more old school title companies, but no one gets paper copies anymore. It's like all on like email to them in a link or something now. Right. Like you don't get like older anymore. So you don't have that thing where you can like highlight, hey, you're First payment coupons right in the front. So call them. My salespeople, my assistant, my so for me personally, I don't do this anymore. I have assistants that do this for me. They follow the system. But my LOs, until they reach certain metrics, I don't hire them assistants until they show me that they can do it themselves. This is my advice to people hiring. If you give them all these assistants and you let them plug in, they're lazy as F, like super lazy. They don't understand the grind, the hard work being available, doing the hard stuff to then deserve that assistant. Okay. That might sound hard, but it's not like, I'm not, I am this intense all the time, but I am not hard on them to the point where like, it's unfair. I say an assistant is a luxury. You haven't deserved it until you hit this metric. 
Fair that's enough. Fine. And whatever your metrics are, that's for you guys to decide. So at the first payment, they get a call. Okay. Hi, this is Susan Judge from Clear Mortgage. They're like, hi, how are you? You know, you ask about the house. Be careful. That's a loaded question sometimes. Their, H, their HVAC might be out. So for anything, anything house related, refer them back to the agent and rem- check your CD to make sure they got a home warranty before you reference the home warranty. Lesson learned from experience. Because now that it's getting a little bit more competitive, you know, people are cutting the warranties, things like that, whatever they can do to make their offer a little bit competitive. The worst thing that you want to do and you never want to do is to say, oh, I'm sorry, your HVAC went out. Go ahead and call your home warranty and get that fixed, right? And then they're like, Adriana, my agent didn't give me a home warranty. And then the agent calls you like, Adriana, why did you point out that I didn't negotiate a home warranty? That's what they wanted to do so they would get the house. Anyways, as you okay. can tell, that's happened before. <laughs> Experience. So, yeah, so... Make conversation about the house, but try to keep it quick. Just remind them that their first payment is coming due. Do they have any questions for you? Blah, blah, blah. If they wanted to recast, remind them that they had to make their first payment before they can put that large chunk down because a lot of these people that are wanting to recast right now want to do it right away. Most recast policies are not allowing that. So remind them, hey, you do have to make a first payment before you can recast. There is a fee. The process kind of sucks depending on who the servicer is, blah, blah, blah. Just talk about it there. So first payment, always make that call. And if you can't make that call, you better send an email, which I hate. I think that's just lazy. Like on Wednesdays when you're calling, we don't have, we use the alphabet method. Do you know that? No. To go back into our system. Okay. So the alphabet method, if you on a big whiteboard, like the one behind me wrote the alphabet into clumps of two letters. So A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H. Every Wednesday, your LO should be calling one of those groups of by last name. So they sort their database by those last names. If they do that every Wednesday, then they'll reach their clients four times a year. So it's called the alphabet method. Uh, that's simple math right there. I love it. Yeah. Okay. So first payment due. The second thing that we do is the item of value. Okay, guys, no one wants to know about the law of 72. All right. If they want to know about the law of 72 or talking about compound interest, hey, you've saved so much money on your refinance. What are you doing with that money now? You should be investing it with an average rate of turn of 6%. You'd be making X amount of money. Like, No one really wants to know, but some of them do. So it's still an item of value. It's still a touch. It's still something quick, a little snippet, something to help their lives. You don't have content. You better go look at your like social calendar of your city and then send them something about what's going on for the month. I don't know. You guys get a little bit creative. Allow your marketing team to get creative. But one time per month, you should be sending them an item of value. Okay. If they want to opt out, they'll want to opt out. If you're like me, you're hurt when they want to opt out. You're like, what? You don't find me. It's like this own like. I have to go to therapy because someone opted out of my email. I'm just teasing. But, um, so an item of value one times per month. Okay. I've talked to my agents and the item of value that I send my referral partners is a little bit different than what I sent to my clients. I still include them on the item of value that I'm sending to their clients so that they see it. We also have a very severe post-closing um, process and system to impl- uh, implement HomeBot, which if you're not using HomeBot, I know you guys have talked about it. You, easiest no-brainer ever. Um, by far pays for itself every month, like 10 over, like ridiculous. So except for the st- those people that are like this value, you couldn't build the house. Oh, uh, don't even get me started on that. But um, yeah, exactly right. So in a system to implement that into HomeBot. Okay. And then a system for your events. If you're not doing events, they don't have to be elaborate guys. They can be a online bingo. You can do trivia one night. You can do a, oh my God, it's freaking March madness guys bracket. Again, we didn't get to talk about myself, but I played collegiate basketball and like March madness is the biggest, 
If you don't get your title company to sponsor a $500 grand prize, I don't know who to sponsor. Get someone to sponsor 500 or, you know, fork up 500 bucks for your grand prize, then you're losing right there. That's the best interaction that you're going to get. Guys, even the women that don't really care about basketball, they ask their husbands, they're like, what do I pick? We can win $500. Or the men that have no idea and they just look at the numbers. You know, those dorky guys that just look at the ratios, they look at the odds, they pick the odds every time. You know what I'm talking about? It, it, it's, it appeases everybody. So you should be doing, I, I make sure I do them quarterly because we are busy right now. It's hard. And while I might seem like I'm an extrovert, sometimes those events exhaust me. So I don't really look forward to them. I have three little kids. They're all under the age of six. Like it's a lot right now. So anyway, again, I didn't get to talk about myself. So I have a lot going on, you know, Mark. No, it's Sorry. the funny thing about it is. I'm never going to let you live that down. The crazy thing about it is I didn't do the intro and now I realized that you're a college basketball player. I was a college basketball player. This That would have been so easy. Huh? I know. Where'd you play? It's, it's small school in Michigan. It's called St. Mary's. Oh, I went to a small school in Providence called Brown. You know, I'm kind of smart. Oh, geez. Here we go. I have, I have a nice jump shot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's go back to your post-closing because we could really digress right there because yes. March Madness is okay. my favorite time so, of the year as well. exactly. Everyone gets vasectomies and everybody's doing a bracket. I mean, that's just what happens during March Madness. So, okay. Post-closing. So first payment, make sure you make that call, enter them into HomeBot. item of value one time per month, item of value mailed guys. Don't sleep on mailings. Now they're coming back. They're coming back with inventions. Do something just a super, it's downstairs on my other table, but our item of value that just went out was uh, we can add a little more, a little bit more gold at the end of your rainbow and with a clear mortgage little logo in it. And then just this handwritten thing that I wrote that says, we're so lucky to have people like you in our lives, blah, blah, blah. Just something that's going out that's a little bit personal that is actually mailed to, okay? As much as people, as much as you think you're going to be judged for these things, you aren't. It's just so that you're staying top of mind. That's it. Then your loan anniversaries, okay? Make sure you are doing that. Get yourself a little can schedule a review if they want to about the loan anniversary, but you can send an email, always call as well. Are there any life changes that are happening right now? Are you about to have that baby that you've been trying for? for? Oh, you can't. I'm so sorry to hear that. You need to finance IVF. Let's cash out refi. Like super easy transitions. All right. So you want to know about them. Make sure you stay in touch with them. If you're not doing the alphabet method, then at least you're calling on your loan anniversaries. The post-closing system, honestly, is the easiest, the most effective, and the least done the least executed in our business right it's the way we can make this a residual income business it really is yeah but and and, and this business can be a residual income business and some mm-hmm. people just don't put the uh processes in place to to do so but uh, okay so mm-hmm. i have a really good comp you know comprehension of what you're doing over there which i absolutely love um everything is i'm i'm literally sitting here going okay remark mark remember to go back and listen to this one implement some things here uh, but you know, I want to go back to, because it, it, it all goes back to what we've been talking about, but just like I said, a few of our members have, have wanted me to ask you a few questions here. So, you know, we want to make this community based as possible. Um, we have, uh, Lydia asking a question, asking what kind of like videos are you using? Like, how do you, how do you utilize videos? Is it a little bit, a lot? What kind do you use? If you can touch base on that a bit. For me. Video is the only way that I can scale myself and have someone else do the follow-up without me doing it myself. Does that make sense? So what I do, if you haven't ported over your cell phone, my goodness, honeys, you have to do that now. 
So basically, whatever you, I use Ring Central. So what I did is took my Verizon number, ported it up to Ring Central. So now it's voice over IP. So at any day, I have three people that are logged in with my cell number. We have an internal metric. If a text is not answered within 10 minutes, someone better freaking answer that text. Like if I have to answer it, that's a fail. It, hands down, that's a fail. So that's just a, a side note. So have Ring Central incorporate that. Okay. Video is also another one because it's my face. It's me. It's my voice. It's my mannerisms. It's my little joke. So I set very clear expectations in the very beginning with my clients of who they are going to work with. So again, we're going to talk about um, team members. So if they're working with my, one of my LOAs or a loan partner, we call them loan partners, then I need to make sure that they have that introduction to talk about, hey, this person is way more qualified than I am. I'm just the business person. They're the ones that are working the numbers. So if you have a question about anything, you better call them. I'm always in meetings. I don't want you to have to wait and get leave a voicemail, which they wouldn't get voicemail anyways. It's another benefit of Ring Central, And that's another thing. We don't believe in voicemail. So a video of setting the expectation and introducing the loan partner, letting them know if you have any frustration, you always have my cell number, you have me. But honestly, your first point of con contact is Brooke or is Lindsay or is, you know, those are the people that you need to be. And the video is sent when that loan gets assigned to them. Does that make sense? Yep. So if that comes in, needs to be worked up, assigned to Megan, that video is already embedded in through Salesforce, stuck in there. They know who they're working with. So they're not surprised when Megan reaches out. Yeah, it makes, makes sense. sense. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Videos also, the biggest ones are conditional approval. It's a stocked video of me just saying, hey, congratulations. Underwriting has approved your loan. However, before you can close, we need a couple more things. Megan will be reaching out. Keep an eye out for an email of what you need. Make sure you get them to our ASAP so we can get you clear to close. And then a video clear to close. And then the video, the only one that the loan officer or in my case, my loan partners or my loan officer assistants have to do each time differently is when they walk through that CD. Obviously, because it's custom to that person. And you can make jokes about the little things that they were picky about. Like, you know, those one clients that are like, you have my HOI premium wrong. It's off by $2 a month. We're like, actually, we don't have your binder back yet. So this is still just an estimate, but okay, dude, whatever. You're paying for me $2 lower. You can make a joke about it. Be like, look, Mr. Stevenson, your HOI is correct here. And then laugh about it, you know? Nice. Um, and then the last thing I'd like to get into, uh, you know, Wade asked a question about delegation of team members. And then uh, Jennifer wanted to know how you basically use your 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 loan partner as as you yeah. as you tag them, which I think is kind of the same thing because a lot of people are, you know, want support staff. So Give me a little mm -hmm. bit of rundown on them and like how you delegate and, and why it's different than a loan officer assistant. So the biggest thing, if I can, if anyone gets one big takeaway, I know there's a lot of takeaways in these podcasts. One takeaway is your job duties and job expectations better be clear as freaking like anything. It better be crystal clear. Like at any day, your employees need to tell you exactly what their job duties are and exactly what those expectations for those job duties are. If they can't do that and can't articulate it to you, you are asking for a disaster, okay? It has, you can't have people crossing over into two roles. It doesn't work. It, it's always gonna be the he said, she said, well, I thought she was doing that. No, well, this happened, or I got too busy with doing this role and I couldn't pick up this role. So just make them super clear. And if you have to revisit this once a quarter, you better be doing that as a team exercise. Like you better revisit that until it's super, super clear. So my marketing staff person does marketing. That is it social media, monthly mailers, any type of a bit like our socials that we do, any type of team events that we're doing, our pop buys. So if you're not doing pop buys too, that's another big 
post-closing and referral partner. If you don't, I'm not saying Popeye's chicken, it's Popeye's. If you've coached with Buffini before, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And if not, just look on Pinterest. Um, guys, Pinterest is like this website that you can go to for like visual ideas. Okay. If you don't know what that is, do you know what Pinterest is? Yes. Just making sure. Okay. So marketing stays with marketing. Executive assistant is that she manages my calendar. If, oof, if I get double booked, we have a problem. Like that is a strike on your three strikes. You're out. Like my calendar better be on point. You better give me some breathing room in between meetings because I like to like make sure all my notes are put in, you know, everything like that. So my loan intake person is by far one of the most important, but one of the hardest seats to fill because there's no glory in that job. It has to be someone on the disc profile. So we disc everybody. Obviously we have a system for hiring. If you don't have a system for hiring, you better get one and get one fast. And so when we disc people, it's someone that has to have some of that eye because they have to be interactive. This is someone that's applying usually by text. Their texting is me. Okay. So, and then also have the S and the C to be able to run apps and run pre-approvals. Okay. They don't talk to the client live on the phone because remember the client thinks they're talking to me. Right. Does that make sense? So our loan intake is someone that runs. So they're living in blink. Blink is their little, like they just see blink and they're just in there. They know we have our own little internal systems of managing blink. And yes, I use blink as my POS. Everyone can ridicule me later about it, whatever. I love living in blink and blink. Also, unfortunately, Ishbia won't give me the API to like take data directly from blink. So we have to put it into our LOS. And then, so Ishbia, can we please talk about that? Can I get some API love here? With like, I could cut out a whole staff member. You know, like how much it, ooh, I better not say that too often. Yeah, don't say that. API, then you know what? I could like really lean up my op staff. No, I'm just teasing. But so um, the loan intake does everything of working up the apps. Now she is not communicating. So if there's questions, it's assigned to a loan partner. The loan partner does everything from app to close. Remember, we want as minimal contact from multiple people as possible. Do we have to step in every so often? Yes. Do I have to step in every so often? Yes, I really do. It's scheduled out my calendar though. It's a 15 minute conversation with the client or with the real estate agent. You know, it, I'm not saying that this is perfect and it's hamburger, hamburger, hamburger. No, occasionally we get like a steak or a hot dog that like totally derails it. And then, but we learn from those mistakes or I like to test systems and like put the pedal to the metal to see how fast I can break the engine sometimes just because I kind of get bored. So I'm like, where did it break? How do we scale that? How do we prevent that from breaking again? Guys, you will break your system. I have rebuilt and restaffed and rebuilt and restaffed. The biggest thing that you need to be as a broker owner is honestly a recruiter and an interviewer. Like that's your job all the time. You need to be looking for staff every day. Because it. if it weren't people, our business would be super easy. You're right. You're No, you're, you're absolutely right. No, and, and what I like what you do is with how you delegate is you're, you're clear, concise on what their job duties are. And there's, there's not a crossover mm -hmm. that way. It's clear. You can be the best at what you be. And that's it. If you say you're doing a 30 day review to manage expectations and actually inspect what you expect, you better do that 30 day review. That's all I'm saying, because I know, oh, trust me. I know broker owners were all the same. We do a 30 day, 60 day, 90 day review. Then we do a yearly after that. No, we freaking don't. We say we do it. And then it gets pushed off because that's not bringing a loan. Like you better do it. And you better go through and honestly do the metrics because I'm telling you, if you have to fire somebody, you better have documentation. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially in this day and age. Yeah. 100% you're right with that. So, so okay. One more thing. So then, yeah. 
Okay, so executive assistant manages me. When LOs get to a point, they do get the assistant because there are mundane tasks that none of us like. And as brokers, there's a lot of data entry. It slows down loan officers, but until they earn their stripes, until they bring in the business, they don't get someone to take that off their plate. All right. After that, so after um, the assistant, so for me, executive assistant, we have loan intake. LOs, again, don't have access to that until they hit certain metrics. After loan off or loan intake, it then gets handed over to the loan partner or LOA. Your LOA is doing all the communication. Now, they can't have that many in their pipe, guys. It's just like you as a producer. Once you hit 20 active loans, it's tough to then remember all the other ones that have questions about monthly payments, the ones that have questions about, hey, if I pay off this credit card and do a rescore on my debt, on my credit, like I would love to say that we deny it and we're just like, hey, you're going to have to go somewhere else. We don't. We have these occasional ones that we are rescoring for two more, excuse me, two more points to get them into a different pricing and then rerun the rates. Like there's, we have all sorts of different scenarios. Okay. So I'd love to say that, no, they all fit in our nice little box. They don't. So once it gets to 15 to 20 per LOA, it gets tough for them to manage all that. But remember, I save money on staff in processors because processors are only doing one thing. They're making sure underwriters love us. They're doing all the little things. They're looking for opportunity. Um, we call them opportunity alerts with some of the staff that we work with our lenders with. So when an underwriter's having a bad day, when their dog died, we write a handwritten note. Guys, you schmooze your lenders just as much as you schmooze your referral partners. You have to. Because when... I would love to say we're perfect. We're not. When we make mistakes and we need someone to have our back, that's when it matters. Right. Right. So make sure you know what your closers drink. Make sure you know that if they like red wine or white wine, you know, whatever it is, you better write that down too. And then in your CRM, you better have, when you're sending to different lenders, you better have notes about what they're good at, what they're not good at, what their pain points are. Because when you have an LOA that's coming like, oh shit, we got one that's a doozy. We got to send it over here. And you're like, read all those notes. You better make sure that we have 60 days on that contract and you better get everything up front, like the whole X through Z. You better get everything. So processors are basically this. When a loan comes out of underwriting, if it comes out between 9 a.m. and noon, then conditions are out to the LOA same day. If it comes out from noon till end of day, they're coming out by noon the next day. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. It's part of your process. Yeah, another process. If an LOA has an anxious borrower, they can go in and get their conditions themselves, but they're CCing the processor or forwarding the processor the email to say, hey, I already handled this. You do your thing. I already broke up mine. But it's nice because in Salesforce, you can assign the conditions and the tasks. And I like it when the processors break them down because LOAs are a little bit like salespeople. They get real squirrely and they go move real fast and they're like, oh, I forgot to do that. Like, no, we can't have I forgot to do that because that's how I manage it. I need that data. So they better be living in Salesforce to say, okay, broke out task. You get updated pay stub. I need to see that EMD coming out of the bank account. Hey, and their ID is expired. So I need that from the borrower. Task, task, task. When it's received, the tasks are complete. They assign their own processor task. Task, task, task for this. Title, hey, what's going on with this lien? I'll clear it up. Here's the task. So the LOA doesn't have to call the processor to say, what are we waiting on for this? They can see four unopened tasks. And they'll be like, do you need me to get involved? Do you need to get Adrian involved? Do you need to get the LO involved? Like, who do we need to get involved to make this thing happen? Love it. I, Adrian, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you right now, you know, I'm, I'm blown away. I, I love the fact that you're, you know, you're, you're a process person. Um, it's obviously, obviously working out great for you. And, you know, and I just, listen, <laughs> thank you for sharing everything with you, you know, and that's what I love about this community is, you know, we have so many people like yourself that are open books. So thank you for, uh, I mean, I, we could probably sit here for another four hours and talk. 
you know, but we're, we're and coming I know up. You guys want something to take away. Mark, I know someone. So I have some of the systems. If you want, I'm just going to email them to, I think it's Julian, the rock star behind you. Cause I'd love mm-hmm. to say this is all about you. It's not, you got an awesome deal with Julian. I'm going to send it to Julian. He's going to make it all pretty. And then the brokers can reach out for it. All right. So that's our takeaway that, you know, Adriana, she's going to give us her playbook. And if you want it, you know, Julian's going to have it because I'm going to tell you right now, I'm stealing it right away. (laughs) So Adriana, thank you for sharing your insights with us today. You know, and you know, just that's a lot of information, but good information. I'm sure we'll have you back as a guest. So brokers, if you want to get caught up in all of our past podcast episodes, please head over to aimgroup.com. Uh, and go to Broker to Broker. You can also listen to all the Broker to Broker podcast episodes on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. So please do me a favor. When you're searching for a podcast, please download Broker to Broker and leave a review and subscribe to it. Um, It helps us get the podcast out there and spreads the word that brokers are better. Adriana, once again, thank you. So, so happy to have you. Super easy conversation. And I know that a lot of of our members and community and peers are going to get a ton out of this. So thank you so much. No problem. Bye, guys. Bye. Join our Brokers Are Better Facebook group. Be a part of the Brokers Are Better movement by joining the exclusive group for A members and independent mortgage brokers to share best practices, network, and help our community grow. Head over to Facebook and search for Brokers Are Better, select the group, and click to join.